sorry, my pages are upside down. <laughs> Let's pray. Today, our prayers will focus on justice and will be based on the Saturday prayers from the prayer app Lexio 365. When I say, come Lord Jesus, release the captives, you will respond, come Lord Jesus, my hope is in you. So here we go. Come Lord Jesus, release the captives. Come Lord Jesus, my hope is in you. To begin, let us pray for justice in this world, and particular, and in particular for people trafficking and slavery injustice. Human trafficking is a global crime that affects the most vulnerable, and it's worth tens of billions of pounds every year. It has many forms, including exploitation in the sex, entertainment, and hospitality industries. It also shows itself in working conditions in factories and construction sites with dangerous and inhumane conditions. One in three victims are children. In 2018, 50,000 trafficking victims were detected and reported in 148 countries, and there are many, many more post-pandemic. We see refugees moving around the world, and they're often targets for traffickers. The ongoing war in the Ukraine means hundreds and thousands of Ukrainian citizens are being displaced. Among charities, there's been reports that Ukrainian women and children are being trafficked, falsely offered jobs and homes that don't exist. And I pause from giving you all these facts for a moment to just allow the terrible reality of these situations to sink in. Abba, Father, rescue the helpless from the strong. Protect those who are vulnerable and poor from those who would rob them of their freedom and their very lives. All over the world, organizations and charities like International Justice Mission and Justice and Care and many others are working to fight against human trafficking, to care for the vulnerable and to see perpetrators brought to justice. God of justice, strengthen these teams and the work of their hands. I ask you to give supernatural help, provision and support to these charities as they bring light into the darkness. Come, Lord Jesus, release the captives. Come, Lord Jesus, my hope is in you. As the crisis in Ukraine continues, we also pray for the impending food crisis. We pray into the injustice of food poverty. And, we sh and research shows us that the reality on the ground is that the poorest and the most vulnerable in society are those who suffer the most when food is scarce. We give thanks for the 2,500 food banks across the UK, bringing relief and comfort to those who are unable to feed themselves. But we hear that their stocks are dwindling as the cost of living increases, and we pray for generosity for our nation, that those who have more will do donate to those who have less 
and refill the shelves of the much-needed food banks. Come, Lord Jesus, release the captives. Come, Lord Jesus, my hope is in you. We pray for St Paul's and the way we respond to injustice. Thank you for the newly opened refugee cafe and drop-in sessions we're offering. The charities such as Love Moldova, which has been supporting refugees in, on the border with Ukraine. The Beeson Project, Frontline and the many other organisations we support with our time and our money. We pray that these organisations will continue to support those in need and challenge the injustices we see in our community. Come, Lord Jesus, release the captives. Come, Lord Jesus, my hope is in you. And we pray for ourselves as we respond to injustice. Lord, break our hearts for what breaks yours. Never allow us to become hard-hearted when we hear of injustice, but instead fill us with boldness, bravery and persistence to challenge what's unfair, to champion the cause of the vulnerable and to strive to make the world a better, fairer place. Lord, we can't do this alone. So we pray that you come by your Holy Spirit and fill us anew and empower us to do your will. Come, Lord Jesus, release the captives. Come, Lord Jesus, my hope is in you. This morning's reading is from Luke, chapter 18, um, verses 1 to 8, the parable of the persistent widow. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God nor care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? This is the word of the Lord. Usually I have to get my own lectern, but Roddy, what, what a servant leader. <laughs> Not me. <I'm... laughs> Thanks, Roddy. 
Uh, back there, that's good, thanks. And I'll probably move it around. Thank you. <laughs> it's nice. If you're in a mega church, I think they have sort of stagehands and stuff, but we don't have that here. So if anyone wants a job as a stagehand at St. Paul's, then we'd willingly sign you up. Um, we've had to start going to the gym just to be able to lift this. But I'm going to start in a minute, don't worry. Um, when I was preparing the sermon, <laughs> sometimes when you're preparing to speak and to share from God's word, God, you feel like there's so much you can say. You feel like there is so many things. I've absolutely nailed this. I'm going to say all these things and I'm going to learn so much. And this week when I prepared, I was looking for all those things and God just keeps saying, this is the thing I want you to speak about. And it's just one thing, so I'm sorry. You're going to get one hopefully powerful thing that God wants to speak. And I, and I really am praying that this is what God wants to speak to you and I haven't just completely misheard because there's no, there's no scope for getting it wrong really, is there? If there's nothing else to say. <laughs> We've had Holiday Club this week, as you've heard. Uh, and if you want to really learn about injustice, then go to a group with full of six-year-olds playing musical statues. You'll soon learn. You will soon learn who has a heart for justice there. I'm going to pray. Let's pray. God of hope, we put our trust in you this morning. As we spend time looking in your word, looking at your word, may your joy and your peace fill us and your hope overflow through us. Give us that renewed heart, a heart of justice and mercy and a heart full of your love. That's our prayer this morning, that our hearts would be full of your love. Now the point I want to make, and this is going to spoil the rest of my sermon perhaps, I don't know, but I just want you to know from the beginning is that justice always begins with love. But not all justice begins with love. God's justice begins with love. And I believe that when our hearts are truly transformed by God, our movements, our lives, our apprenticeship to Jesus will be lined with hearts hearts that seek justice. Justice for the poor, for the oppressed, for the marginalized. And sometimes we can think that if someone's going to speak about love in a sermon, it's easy, let's just sit back and listen. But I don't know how many of you are married or how many of you have an annoying friend, but their lifelong friend and you love them dearly would actually co- uh, confess that love, unconditional love like that is easy. So you can sit back and you can relax and that's fine. If you want to hear it on that level, that's great. But God's unconditional love shown through his justice is not easy. And it's a high calling for all of us, but we're all called to live it. God shows us how to live within the flow of his infinite love. And that flow is his justice. And so we look to him this morning. Someone suggested that because we've had Holiday Club and it's been quite busy, maybe I just get you to do the sermon as well. That was the other option this morning. Um, But don't worry, I'm not going to make you do that. But I'm going to get you to answer a question and chat to each other or just have a think if you don't want to talk to anybody else. That's also okay. Um, what is justice? Go. 
have a chat to each other. What is justice? What do you think justice is? Okay, you've got louder, so I can only assume you've got past the question and now you're catching up about your week. <laughs> okay. Or maybe you just got really passionate towards the end. I'm hope, I hope that's what it was. Luke's gospel that we read from today has sometimes been called the gospel of the poor. It's a gospel that helps us to understand God's heart for justice. And if you read Luke as an entirety, you'll see that God's heart is for the oppressed. God's heart is for those who are pushed to the edges of society. And Luke, more than any other gospel writer, focuses on that. On the liberation of the poor and the oppressed. And today, our scripture is no different. Luke just focuses specifically on the poor widow. But he also draws in our own sense of belonging and rejection, our own sense of justice in an unjust world. Do you ever get the sense that you don't quite belong? It's so painful to be in this world. It's so broken. How can I belong here when God stands for freedom and God stands for love? Someone said this morning, how can it be that this is justice? when they were speaking of the war in Ukraine at our first service. God draws in our own sense of injustice and speaks of what it will be when we await the return of Jesus, that gap, that, that tension that we live in, the now and the not yet. How tough it is to live in this world sometimes. In the midst of all of this injustice... God calls us to have an enduring faith. As we read in verse 1, Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. That word in the Greek is like it's a necessity. It's not, an, it's not a, you can't just choose, pick and choose when you do it. It's a necessity. If you're to have an enduring faith, you are to pray and not give up. To endure. We must understand that if we live in the flow of God's love, we are to pray to the God of true justice, whose justice is beyond our own human comprehension. The writer in the Hebrew, uh, the writer to the Hebrews says that faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. It's being sure, certain of what we hope for. Sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. No truer is this the case than in the face of injustice. To have faith in that place where all is not right with the world, where people are being hurt, where people are broken, and where there is damage happening. That we are to have faith that God will come again and all will be restored. 
Now, when we think of justice, I don't know what you said, but did anybody talk about the uh, scales? Nobody? <laughs> you know, the scales with the blindfolded judge, and she's holding them. Anybody? Nobody spoke about that. Oh, well, well done. There's a new point for you there. <laughs> Sometimes that, I was going to say, that's the image we have, but not you guys. Uh, <laughs> maybe I need to ask. But if the scale tips, the reason they use that image is that if the scale tips in the wrong direction, it's to be rebalanced by putting things right. It's to be rebalanced. We define justice in terms of what's been earned or not earned. The points that we've built up. When we say we want justice, we often mean we just want someone to be punished for what's been done wrong so that it can be put right. But that is not God's way. Jesus says that's not the case with God. The issue is how much can we trust God that he will bring justice? How much can we stand in this flow of his love and trust that in this unjust system, in this unjust moment, God will bring about his justice? How much can we let God love us, even in our worst moments, and be the recipients of God's justice? And if you look through scripture carefully from the beginning, you'll see that even the Jewish prophets recognized it wasn't simply a matter of punishment for wrong deeds, but it was restorative. God's love was restorative. In every case, after the prophet rebukes the Israelites for their transgressions against Yahweh, the prophet then continues by saying, in effect, and here is what Yahweh will do to you, do for you. God will now love you more than ever. God will love you into wholeness. God will pour upon you an excessive, unbelievable, unaccountable, irrefutable love that you will finally be unable to resist. In the face of all of the Israelites' wrongdoing, God's answer is to love them even more. God punishes us by loving us. And God's love is restorative justice. I was looking at the banner just now, uh, which is the verse from Micah. Act justly, love mercy, walk humbly. None of those are passive words. They are all actions. And God's love is no different. It is an action in the world. Jesus was God's love in action in this world to show us what it looks like, to show us how to live it. This is the justice of God. It's the flow of God's love. When we're at our most undeserving, he loves us even more. God's justice restores lives. It restores communities. It restores nations. And it does so in the face of oppression. It does so in the lives of those who are on the margins, of those in society that are felt to be not quite in, whatever that means. The unloved, the unnoticed, the prisoner, the captive... The brokenhearted. God's justice restores lives. God's justice is simultaneously the manifestation of his grace. That's how Timothy Keller puts it. God's justice is simultaneously the manifestation of his grace. And in our passage, we meet this widow, and you might assume that perhaps she's older because she's a widow, but she's not. She's probably about 30 or in her 30s. And because she's a widow, she's vulnerable, very vulnerable in that society. 
And we know that because of the way in which she has to persist to get what she wants, to get that justice. If she was someone of standing, she'd have been pushed right through the courts, I'm sure, to get exactly what she wanted. But in the culture, the judge has a moral and cultural obligation to be sensitive towards her. But we know that this judge doesn't care. He doesn't care for people and he doesn't care for God. So what gets her what she needs, what she wants, that justice that she wants is that persistence. Going again and again and again. The woman's persistence wears him down. Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, and that word sort of means to wear him out. I don't know if anyone's got a toddler, but (laughs) they're good at it. To cause him trouble, like a little earworm I imagine her to be, just there every day. Give me what I need. Give me what I need. Justice against my adversary. But he relents not because he has compassion on her, but because he's scared. He's scared that she's going to attack him. Wearing him out uh, in the Greek sort of means like to get a black eye. (laughs) He literally was scared that she was going to attack him. So she will get her justice, but not because the judge is full of compassion, but because he is full of fear. How often are we seeking justice in the wrong way? Through fear, not love. Through the world's way, not God's. And so there's two things, I know I said there was one, but there's two things (laughs) under the one (laughs) that I want you to take from this passage today. The first is that the widow is persistent. She has faith to believe that if she keeps going, she will get what she deserves. She endures, she perseveres, and the judge does come through. And we are in a spiritual battle. And to me, that's what that speaks of. It's, it's a spiritual battle that sometimes the answer is not given straight away, but we're in a spirit, spiritual battle that's already won. She didn't know that she'd ever get what she was asking for, but we do. Because God has won. Through Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension into heaven, he has won. And so when we persist in prayer to see justice come on this earth, we know that God will come through. If you know the good news story into which your life is written, you'll have the power to continue in the Holy Spirit, to persevere, to endure all things, and to live in the victory of God. We're not just watching this story unfold around us. This isn't just injustice that we, as I think Becca said, have become hardened to. This is injustice that should affect our very being because we know that we are loved by God even though we don't deserve it. And so our hearts should break where we see injustice and be sort of drawn to move in that place. We are God's hands and his feet on this earth until Jesus comes again. So be persistent in your prayer for justice, even when you cannot see what's coming. Have faith that God will, God will bring about his justice. And the second is this, we cannot truly seek the loving, compassionate, unrelenting justice of God if we ourselves do not know his unconditional love and let it flow through us. We cannot seek justice if we do so, as I said, from a place of fear like the judge. That justice is not God's. That's just righting a wrong. 
And that's fine, that's good, but it's not what God does. God restores, God transforms. His justice is restorative. Now, as we get to the end of the passage, we read this really strong question from Jesus. And you can sort of skip it out if you wanted to, but I don't think we should. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Will you have enough faith for the coming of Jesus? Do you have enough faith to keep going even though our world is unjust in so many ways? To believe that God is good, to believe that God is faithful, to believe that God will send his son again to redeem all things. Do you have justice enough to pursue, do you have faith enough to pursue God's justice for those in poverty, in the depths of oppression, for those on the margins, for the unloved, the unnoticed, the prisoner, the captive, the brokenhearted? And is your life transformed enough to seek the kind of justice that transforms lives? The kind of justice that begins with love. Justice and doing justice and caring for the poor is not something for a few of us. It's for all of us who have a living faith. A real relationship with our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. Christ. A heart dedicated to justice is the real sign of faith. So how do we do justly? How do we live justly? Notice where injustice is. Start noticing. Start asking God to give you eyes that see where something isn't right. Eyes that see where something is broken or destroyed. Because that is not God. That is not of God. It says in John 10.10, 10, Jesus says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have life and life in all its fullness. So where you see the enemy stealing, killing, destroying, and that can be in all scope of things, that's not God. And that's where God's love needs to be poured, where God's grace needs to be. And so go there, go to those spaces, go to those people who need you to love them in their brokenness. Who need you to raise them up so that they can speak when they're being oppressed. You don't need to be their voice. You need to help them to have a voice in those places. Perhaps that's in your workplace, perhaps that's in your street, perhaps you've seen someone uh, on the street, I don't know who it is. I heard a podcast recently, and I'll end with this, um, and it, it was of a hairdresser. You may have heard of him. He's, I think he's a barber uh, in New York City. His name is Mark something, but I've forgotten because I'm doing this. and I didn't write it down. Um, <laughs> Mark. And he goes, he, he, t- he cuts the hair of celebrities and famous people and charges a horrendous amount of money for it for six days of the week. And on the seventh day, which is his day off, he goes onto the streets and he cuts the hair of homeless of the homeless for free. And he he said that he does it because they need to know that there is dignity there. Now, I don't know if he's a Christian or not, but he wants to see their lives restored. And I believe that's sort of a good example of what it looks like, is that those who have so much and are not oppressed, they'll still always have so much, and they'll pay as much as they want for their haircut. But those who don't have anything, a haircut, you think, why does that transform them? 
but it does. He said some of them then go for job interviews because they've had a haircut. They don't believe they can't get the job because of who they are. They believe they can't because they don't look the part. And so that, trans- that physical transformation transforms something inside their heart that says, yeah, I can do this. I can be part of society again. And it raises them up. And as I say, I don't know if he's a Christian, but it just shows that, that difference that it can make if you actually love someone where they're at, who is in a place of oppression, and you can cast judgment on them, or you can go and you can love them. And I pray that God uses that man to continue to transform lives. And I pray that God continues to use you to transform lives. Now, you might not be a top-level um, hairdresser in New York City. We're in Camberley. I think it's a little bit different to New York City. But people aren't. People are the same all over the world in many ways. They want to be loved. They want their life to be full. And what we want for them is that they would know Christ. And when they know Christ, when you pour out that love in their lives, their lives will be transformed. God's justice begins with his love. Let's pray. Lord, would you give us hearts that endure, a faith that endures. Our world is broken and it's challenging and it's uncomfortable at times when we face into that. But we do not want to become hardened in our hearts. Would you fill us up, Lord, by the power of your spirit now to go and to love those on the margins, those who are oppressed, those who are in poverty to pour out your love in their lives, that they might be transformed, to see your justice come on this earth as we wait for you.